G'day listeners, welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast with the AFL Fantasy Podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We're going to talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm with Case, who's just about to crack a drink and that's why I laughed because he was going to make the secret sound. Secret <laughs> as, sound. As the, uh, as the show started. And uh, joining, uh, Dossie is joining us via uh, Discord in his uh, bedroom. Dungeon. Dungeon, but we've got him patched in here to the recording session. So we're hoping this goes to plan, but how are you, Dossie? I'm going okay. I am a little bit sore in the old uh, back region after trying to make a miraculous comeback to my uh, local footy local footy team. Probably got a bit ambitious and then also copped a nice knee to the ribs right late in the game. So, yeah, struggling to uh, move around, which is why you've gracefully let me record from home. So thanks for that. Uh, now, talk us through the the knocks to the ribs. Now, I'm imagining like a running back, like with a you know backing into a pack, and then a Nick Rewalt, yeah. you know, Mark, yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of gone backing into it. And then some of the defenders come through and just gone for a big spoil, and he's gone to the back. Is I'm assuming that's what happened. Oh, um, yeah. Look, we can go with that, or we can probably go with the truth, which is uh, I I muffed up a muffed up. There was a there was a kick going across a nice switch. I think we were a couple of goals down in the last quarter at that, at this time. So it was right in the clutch. Ball comes to me. Um, get a chance to secure a nice switch and, and do a fast play. Fumble it down. Goes to the deck. Uh, go to pick it up again. Clear for five meters. Mess that up as well. Then two people come in close and Dossie cops a knee right in his ribs upon trying to pick up the the ball. So. Yeah, not probably as nice as the Nick Rewalt back into a pack, but we'll we'll go maybe that story is a little bit better. Brave, nonetheless. Yeah, nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we had our Keeper League uh, finals on the weekend. Uh, Kays, you're into a grand final, second straight grand final, is that right? Yep, second straight granny. Yep. We all know what happens from here. Yep, you, you lose it. Correct. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, <laughs> I was eliminated in the semi in our league by a very, very tough outfit. Inform, the informed side of the competition, really. Yeah, really. I thought I was kind of the informed side too, but um, yeah, look, my if I... But I Pretty much what happened all year with my team is if either one of Andrew Brayshaw or Jack Steele doesn't fire, I'm cooked. And that's exactly what happened on the and weekend. They both so, didn't. Yeah, both didn't fire. So, yeah, basically cooked because I need one of their, their captain scores to actually put up a decent score. But anyway, uh, I got a lot further this year than I actually thought I would. So, not too, not too mad about it. But, but what I am mad about is actually I had three Keeper League finals, mm. one against Dossie in one league. Uh, one in the my my, my footy mates um, that I go to the footy with in a league with them where I was probably the favourite as well and lost all three of them so I'm out in all competitions from three losses on the weekend so start doing your 2023 research yeah well that's what I'm here to do now but uh, yeah Dossie how'd you go in your league finals on the weekend well I got the big W over you mate which was uh, was very nice only won by what was it about 50, 50 points, points. Close. Um, look I had a few few premiums not fire um, which you know I was. Easily the dollar one favourite in that one. But um, look, I like to think in the back line, someone who got me over the line, 104 points from the Zote, um, mm-hmm. bringing me home like a steam train and got me the dubs. It was definitely the Zote's night. Um, but yeah, in my other in my home league, I actually just had the week off. So um, into the prelim straight through. And there was actually a couple of upsets, including our great mate Checkers. Um, coming in from sixth up against the third placed uh, finisher who actually got knocked off from second to third um, the the week of the the final week of the season got knocked off by checkers so miracle run home he's now got to take on the top placed uh, person in the prelim so good on your checkers 
Oh, that's really good to hear. Nah, like to hear someone who's been on the show, you know, performing well in fantasy. It's his first time he's ever played in a keeper league as well, so good on him for making the prelim. That's Knows right. his stuff, old checkers. But uh, anyway, uh, we'll get stuck into the round rewind in a second. But first, we'll thank our sponsors, uh, Manscaped. So, again, it's Father's Day uh, in Australia. It's just around the corner anyway. So, our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure all the father figures out there are looking daddy material this June. Uh, Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0, which includes their signature lawnmower 4.0, is the perfect bundle to tackle any old man hair from head to toe. Uh, This right here is no dad joke. Uh, treat your dad and yourself and join 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code KEEPER20 at manscaped.com. His dad bod will thank you. All right. Do you reckon we can get Max Gorn on the show? What, just because of the Manscaped link? Yeah, Max Gorn's on a Manscaped ad, so surely we can, you know, you know surely it- message your Manscaped man and be like, yo, we're the biggest... Fantasy podcast sponsored by Manscaped. I know. Can um, we get the great man on? I know you don't listen to a podcast, a lot of lot of podcast case. No, but there's probably like a hundred thousand like podcasts. We've probably got a link to anyone through Manscaped in the world, really. Uh, through Manscaped, because there is a lot of uh, Manscaped sponsors out there. But yeah, we can try. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna shut it down. Yes, I'll send the email <laughs> to the Manscaped guy, and we'll see how we go. Anyways, let's get stuck into the round rewind. All right, into the round rewind. Uh, first game of the week was with you, Dossie. Melbourne versus Collingwood. What'd you see? Oh, what a cracking contest this was, lads. A finals type game for some couple of finals teams. A surprise packet of the year, you've got to say, in, in the pies coming in hot, finishing at the moment in second spot. They're at. Uh, they've got a couple of tough matchups, I think, to finish off the season. But yeah, beating the, the reigning premiers, it was a pretty epic contest that one and and went right down to the wire but there was a few names that we can talk about from our keeper perspective and i've already mentioned the uh the great man checkers once but how about his man his man ash johnson is it yeah his name's ash yep ash ash johnson he did call it very early and what a what a game winner just about he was i think he kicked four snags was an absolute x factor in this game and um yeah, look, Checkers called it. He, uh, the commentators were absolutely loving him. <laughs> and also, Jamie Elliott post-game, that they mentioned it. Um, he dropped the F-bomb <laughs> when mentioned, when talking about Ash. And then he also said, oh, I nearly said it. And it's like, no, you, you definitely <laughs> you, you definitely dropped it. You definitely said the F-bomb there, Jamie. But um, look, yeah, it, it's good to see him stringing together some a few good games. Have you guys seen much of him? And do you think... I mean, Checkers obviously thinks he's got a bit of a future as a fantasy player. Do you guys see him like that or more of just that kind of forward that we tend to avoid getting? I, 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 sorry, you go. No, I, I haven't seen it just yet. I think, you know, like even Josh Carmichael and stuff like that's come onto the scene pretty, you know, hot. But, um, you know, where they kind of land, I'm still a bit unsure. I think, I think Johnson's more of that, you know, uh, electric forward as opposed to a, a fantasy stud, but very happy to be proven wrong. Yeah, I don't love the goal dependency on him so far like to get any remotely where near a fantasy score he's, he's been kicking a few goals so that's just I don't that, it's not a great sign for fantasy scoring for me that's all interesting that he's pushed out our man uh, K's though um, oh god I'm, lo- I'm, I'm just losing Ollie my Henry. mind in terms of thinking but yeah he's Ollie Henry's playing a bit of VFL and he's just moved ahead of him in the pecking order coming home here but Ash Johnson it is it is important to remember as well he's 24 years old he's a he's a key um He's a bit older than your, your traditional guy. So, 
but good to see him getting a few. Well, let's just give him a tip of the cap for now and um, maybe keep in mind that he, mm-hmm. you know, he's looking all right for maybe a stream in the future, but probably that's about it. Um, I just want to talk about a couple of other players as well. And one is just Salem, who was looking almost losing some of his relevancy and getting back to the podcast. But as we've seen um, Angus Brayshaw move back into the midfield mix, it seems like that's going to be great news for Salem owners. So he's probably going straight back to 2G for P status. But I also just wanted to get your opinion. Hef, do you reckon this Gus Brayshaw midfield times real and like it is going to have some implications and maybe even for people looking at a our boy well my boy Bowie it's probably if if Gus is going to move back into the midfield it's going to open up a spot for one of those Rivers or Bowie guys to be in the mix with Salem down back as well sorry I was um I was just tweeting that there was no stream tonight while halfway through you were talking um because we didn't mention that um but uh sorry you did I didn't see this game at all either because I was working on Friday night but did you go back into the midfield again I heard he was on the halfback flank again. Nah, he was he was in the guts. Okay. He was definitely in All the right, guts. Cool. I just think I saw a quote from um, uh, coach beforehand, Tom Goodwin, saying he'll go back defence tonight, but I didn't actually see much of the game. That's all. You know who's been the big loser though? It's been Tom Sparrow. So that's Sparrow true. was getting all these midfield minutes, and if you look at his last two scores, he's kind of he's eighty seven seventy eight, and then the last two weeks when Brayshaw's gone back, he's gone sixty five thirty two. Like it's uh, he's the one who's definitely losing out. But um, just so to answer your question, though, Dorsey, 19 centre-bounce attendances there. Yeah. Oh, to answer your question, then, yes. Um, yeah, like we've seen what he does when he gets an inside midfield role in the past. Like I, if he's getting that, I'm all in. And I actually wrote in the CBA article last week, like if he can maintain those centre-bounce attendances, like legit sneaky chance at probably getting close to like well, at least a top five defender next year, maybe even maybe in the top one, if he can kind of get back into uh, to CBA mm. form. No, but I mean, uh, like I said, you obviously weren't listening, but what I was saying is, <laughs> Does it impact and can we have more faith in a guy like a Bowie or a Rivers looking forward in keeper leagues and a Salem because that role in the back line is now a bit more opened up? Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe someone like a Bowie. like Because he's probably the reason why they did go backwards this year and didn't kind of come on the way we, we saw. So, I'd want to see some more from him. But um, look, there's potential there, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, moving forward as well, it looks like Grundy now uh, ruled out for the season for the for the Pies. So that's, uh, you know, is that an ominous thing looking forward as well for whether or not he moves out? So I'm just so interested where the Cameron Cox dynamic goes forward. It's just one to watch in your off seasons in your keeper leagues because obviously um, Cameron had a down week this week, but he was up against Gorn. So just those two guys are so Interesting, especially obviously Darcy Cameron's the the main one that's relevant for our keeper leagues. It's just really interesting to see where that goes going forward, and and even Cox getting re-signed recently, whether or not he's a big part of their sort of ruck line going forward. Um, Jordan Degoe, look, I've just mentioned him here. He played pure inside midfield. A guy, him and Josh Dacos really taking the role without Taylor Adams in the side. You've also got. Scott Pendlebury playing immense midfield minutes um, in the tail end of this season. I think there's, as much as the Pies are dominating this year, it's funny that I think their midfield mix is going to change a lot next year. And I think probably in our Keeper League, you know, redrafts next year, it's probably going to be a theme that we're going to see, like who do we project to play in the midfield? Because Nick Dacos has got to get plenty more minutes next year as well. So 
Um, I'm just excited. I, w- I wonder whether Josh Dacos does retain some of that role because I've always been a big fan of his in the middle. And I think if you're a Dugowie owner, you're probably looking at that and saying this guy could play a lot more midfield going forward, which is what we once projected. The final player I want to talk about, Braden Maynard. He's only averaging the 71 for the year. He got an 87 point score in this one. Um, gee, he bloody hit some bone crunching tackles as well. And, and there was a lot of that midfield buzz preseason for him. He, he did have four centre-bounce attendance in this one. I just want to know, do you guys reckon he's a keeper? And where do you see Maynard as sort of going forward in the Pies midfield mix? Head? I own him. And I think like he's going to just sneak into my 16. I did like a sneak, like, like a sneaky kind of 16 maybe like a month ago to see what my team would look like next year out of our 16 keepers. And he wasn't in it. But over this last month, he's kind of yeah pushed his way back into it. That said, like nice matchup against Melbourne. Um as well, and he's had a few kind of real good matchups over the last few weeks, as well. That kind of suited his, you know, fantasy scoring and suited his game. So, um, but yeah, I think as a defender, and we're going to see quite a few defenders, I think, drop away next season, like lose defender status and stuff like that as well. Um, I think he's up there. He's capable, definitely. I think he's capable. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah, that's pretty much it. There was a couple of other players, side bottom, a nice little tip of the cap um, at the tail end of his career, sort of putting together a couple of nice games was awesome on a wing. And Lipinski, who we wrote the song about, I know he's like, he, oh, these guys are 2G at the moment. He's 2G at the moment, but he's another guy where it's like you're looking at Pendle's midfield minutes. They're going to, they've got to drop off again next year. Is he a guy that actually could still play a lot more midfield? Because we, what we projected him to play is a lot more midfield minutes. Kays, he's your man. What do you reckon? Does Lipper get some more midfield minutes next year as well, along with the, the Nick Dacosses of the world? I think so. I, I think you may be rewarded if you kind of keep the faith over this preseason with him too. I think there might be a few people who have jumped off. We obviously expected uh, big, big things from Patrick, but uh, probably hasn't boomed like we thought. But, uh, you know, he's definitely shown he's got a, a ceiling in at both AFL and VFL level. So, you know, maybe maybe 2023 is the one where he just completely goes bananas. I think as well, like over the last few rounds, we saw Pendles go in there a bit more and that kind of stuff and a bit more. But then you think like players like Taylor Adams might start taking a bit more of a back seat though as mm. well. Pendles probably will go backwards as well. So, yeah, I think there's a chance that, yeah, he does lift it over the next, over the next few years. Perfect. Hawthorne Gold Coast case. Over to you, mate. Yeah, the game I was down to see but didn't actually <laughs> bit see. Of a, bit uh, of a mix-up. Clerical uh, error we'll yeah. go with. Uh, so, no one watched this game. So, we're freestyling this one. So, if you've got any, you know. No, really. I was so keen to hear about Elijah Hollands as well. <laughs> well, apparently he scored really well. That's all I can tell you. Yeah. Uh, no, so, apologies. I misread what uh, my game was wrong. But, uh, Hollands, 118 points, two goals. We have 23 touches. Um, I suppose- with all of these kind of, you know, gun um, Gold Coast players, is where do they all fit in the scheme of things? You know, like we've seen, uh, he's obviously had a good game up forward. Um, you know, Anderson had the 26 touches. Uh, Matt Rowe had a quiet game, 15 touches. You know, Jeremy Sharp started the game like a house on fire. I was watching his stats uh, very closely because I brought him into my side this week to play. He only had the 11 in the end of the day and, and the goal, but... um. There's rumours that Hollands is uh, touted to maybe go back to Victoria at the end of this season. I think his two years is up after being drafted. So, maybe does that's he why stick they around? Playing. That's, that's potentially maybe they're driving up that draft value, you know, because he's been playing good footy all season in the in the VFL, and all of a sudden it's now, you know, you know uh, Holland's time, which is awesome, uh, especially for those kind of people who could loop him in classic. But um, yeah, unsure. I like just because well, I hadn't really seen him play before, and I, I caught a glimpse of this game because I just had it on the background. I was looking after my son, but um, 
I just like size. Like he looks like a big dude out there. I think he's 190 centimeters. So he could, he's got that big frame. That means he could go and boss a few in the midfield as well if he does get that role a bit later on. Elite tank as well, yeah. Hef. Yeah. So he, he runs all day. It's one of the things that he's always up there in the time trial. And that, that's why I think a lot of us thought he was ready to go day one this mm. year. Um, but Stewie wanted him to put on some of that size and, and have a bit more of that sort of you know, game fitness and strength coming in. I think they've mentioned he needs to work on his core strength or something like that. So, like you said, he's looking strong. And I'm just actually looking up some of his highlights now just to get a bit of the, the sense. And it looks like he was doing what I've mentioned the last few weeks in that he, he pushes forward playing on a wing he pushes forward so bloody hard and like we said elite tank he does get over the back and he's kicked a goal i reckon in basically every game he's played if not two so um it's definitely a strength of his is that is that gut running especially forward of the footy which is obviously a positive thing when you're looking at um fantasy scorers uh ben's a- ben ainsworth continued his good form 17 touches one goal one for 96 points he's definitely um putting himself into keeper contention mm. half isn't he he is. I've just got so many of like these kind of 70 kind of average types. That it's like, how many do you keep? And is he just one of those types that you could pick up potentially in a draft again mm. or someone very similar again in a draft next year as well? Speaking of similar guys, this guy could be the, the pickup of the week off the waiver wire. Darcy McPherson. Um, obviously, he's battled to find his way into the side this year. I think he was sub last week. Obviously, started the game this week. And uh, 19 touches, eight tackles, uh, playing a bit on the wing, um, pushing back, getting a lot of possessions deep uh, in D50, obviously bringing that heat. Now, saying a half on the waiver wire podcast, kind of looked like his career was shot, um, you know, halfway through this year, not getting a game, you know, any other guy getting a game over him um, under Stewie. But obviously, he brought him in, showing that hunger. And he's only 21% owned in Ultimate. So, if you need a forward for your last couple of weeks and does have the dream North Melbourne matchup in round 23, so that's a great grand final get. But, um, yeah, another one of these kind of talented guys who's shown he's got a, a bit of a fantasy game, uh, getting a game at the right time of the year. So, one to look at for um, for this year, this week off the waivers. I'm liking, um, on, just on that game, liking Ben McAvoy as a forward option at the moment, given mm-hmm. he's the number one ruck. Mm. Um, for the last two rounds as well, so yeah, I think he could you know easily average eighty for the you know for the final few the final two rounds, and um, yeah, put up some decent points in your forward line if he's floating around anywhere. Although rucks are that scarce this year, maybe not. But, yeah, yeah. And another one that's worth looking at is Mac Andrew. He had seventy four points. Uh, Big Mac, eight marks, fourteen touches. Uh, yeah, I saw him a glimpse of him a couple of weeks ago and he just looks like he's got a heap of talent. Just going to be a bit raw for a while, obviously first year player, but he looks like he'd be one who really develops into a, you know, one of those amazing, uh, you know, intercepting key defenders. So uh, keeping an eye on Big Mac and I reckon he's worth a stash next year. Uh, on to the Hawks, uh, Connor Nash, 96 points from him, you know, just doing the in and under stuff, six tackles, seven marks, that kind of stuff. He's a centre forward, probably loses the forward status next year. Um, could even get like a little ruck DPP. He kind of floats in the in the ruck. So um, not too bad. Jack Gunston, 94 points, kicked five goals, uh, probably a tip of the cap at this time of his career. As you said, Hef, Ben McAvoy, 88 points, 31 hitouts. Uh, will he get the? Will he keep the forward status next year? That would be the big. That would be the big question. I think if he not, does. Does he make it a tough keeper? Tough keeper call. No, I think he does because like when Ned Reeves were playing, they were firmly rotating up there. It's only that he's only going to play three rounds without it. And I know that you know Ultimate Footy. Um, well, if Ultimate Footy's I won't, won't go there, um, but uh, yeah, look, Ultimate Footy take the uh, positions from AFL Fantasy. So AFL Fantasy will 
make it you know make a decision over six weeks you know what i mean so mm-hmm. like if he's only playing three weeks sole ruck i think he and he's playing the rest of the season forward i think he keeps that forward status mm. um and last couple yeah. so, are we sure yeah. are we sure he goes on has he got a well he's captain that's year? all yeah i don't really know but he's i know but he's he's 33 yeah i know well and he's just coming off like some significant injuries neck, and yeah stuff, I know. Like, he might if he if he goes on and he's listed as a forward then yeah Let's wait and see, I guess, on that. But, yeah. Uh, another really good game from Josh Ward, 84 points. He's really coming home strong this season, 20 touches and a goal. And lastly, Hef, he's a guy that you own. Obviously, you're a big lover of him. Will Day has not really hit any heights this year at all. I know he's had some injury issues, but his kind of last month, fantasy-wise, has been pretty stinky. Uh, 62 points from him. Mm. Are you worried? <laughs> We've talked about this, reckon, three or four weeks straight. Okay. We just, we've just we written off this year and basically, yeah, we're just no, a little bit worried, but I think he just needs, like, like he didn't have a preseason this year, didn't start training to a month into the season, then, like, you know, knocked out twice, like, two concussions. I think he's just, yeah, being put in a cotton wall a bit and they're just trying to get a few, you know, a few kicks into him here and there and, yeah, wait till next season to see how he goes, I so, reckon. So, basically, you could copy and paste exactly what you said and put max lynch in there so that's good good to know that yeah you know um guys are there any uh sign makers up in the gold coast that we could contact for a bit of uh ken hinkley action because don't know about stewie going down to the hawks uh so much for that uh so much for that contract extension sitting down at uh 11th on the ladder but surely could have lost a few more games and um yeah, it's not not the great season that so many media people would the boys love him the sun's gonna miss the boys love him I don't know if they do after last weekend, but we'll wait and see. I know the president might not be too happy with him, but let's wait and see. Oh, wait, we're talking about Ken Hinckley or Stewie about Dewey. Stewie Dewey. Sorry. <laughs> we're talking about Stewie Dewey because there was a... Sorry, I talked about Ken Hinckley because there was a... <laughs> Your mind's always on yeah, Ken. Yeah, I know. I know. Exactly. Um, but yeah, sorry. I thought when you, when you said sign makers, yeah, you threw me there. Um, no a sign maker in Adelaide. Uh, if that helps you, Dossie, but we won't go there either. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on to a game that we did watch. I did. Kays did watch. I did. The Giants versus the Bombers. Uh, we were crap. But uh, talk a few guys from the, the Dons. Kyle Langford, touched him last week, 93 points from him, just flying under the radar, just putting together a good back half of the season. Uh, 18 touches, one goal, um, and some tackles along there. I think it was eight tackles. Look, he's just honest as the day is long. Um, never going to be a massive scorer, but it's going to be a great uh, depth player to your teams. And I suppose also like last week, uh, the Bombers game in defense um, netted a lot of marks. So Laverde and BZT both had 78 points off the back of, was it 17 and 16 touch games and eight and nine marks. So that kind of chip mark around um, the back line is just really popping up some of those defenders scores from the Dons and uh, the Giants did a really good job shutting down Mason Redmond and Jordan Ridley on the day too. Who went to Redmond? Yeah. Uh, they was it Ash or was it no Ash? Uh, what's his name? They put to him. Can't find it. Brain fade. That's I'll right. come back to you on that one. Easy. But um, Sam Durham, our boy Dossie, he is just really ticking along beautifully. Uh, one of our best on a bad mm. day. Uh, Twenty three touches on the wing. Um, just been really solid of late. Seventy three. He's averaging in his last five. Is that kind of flying under the radar? Just you know, great start to his career. Hardly played that much footy really, and. Um, I know you, you're actually a bit higher on his fantasy pedigree than I. Is he was true? my gut. I gut feel. I said that a few weeks ago. I, I don't have many that many gut feels. I'm usually a stats evidence man. You all are. You're, you're completely was, stats evidence. I said there was something about him. There was something about him that I like. Wow. And uh, yeah, like and that's like yeah, 
kind of neglected to bring this up because I wasn't sure if it was just kind of like flash in the pan. But no, 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 yeah, he's you go up, for it. He's putting up, yeah, he's just putting some decent scores in the last few weeks. And it's like, I'm not seeing a lot of Essendon games because you generally watch them. But mm. from what I have seen him, he's shown like he just can, I don't know, he just shows a bit of flair and he can find the footy and he's, you know, hard at it and that sort of stuff as well. And then I've just noticed his scores over the last few weeks. And yeah, I don't know. The hunger. I think there's something um, there. I think what's what's been different though, like he's just, we've mentioned that he, early in his career, which obviously is only in his second year playing at AFL level, but he's always been that seemingly like class over quantity type guy early days. But now that the Dons are starting to turn it around in the back half of this year, he's starting to get involved in the play because they've got a bit more of the ball. So yeah, like I think onwards and upwards, hopefully he can just continue to grow as a player in the third year breakout could be uh, a thing for you there, uh, Case. Well, hopefully, because yeah, I do like the look of him. He's just got something about him. Um, yeah, absolutely. One query is for, for keeper league coaches probably scratching their head. Andy McGrath, another bad game, fifth, uh, 48 points. Potentially one of the most frustrating players to uh, own and also to barrack for week in, week out. Issue with him, he hasn't really shown much of a ceiling, uh, averaging 79 this season. And for a player of his quality and I suppose stature, just isn't good enough. 24 years old. It's not like he, you know, is still young. Do you reckon there's, um, you know, post-season people do a few rage trades and that kind of thing. Is he trade-worthy or would you be willing to stick with someone like an Annie McGrath? Is he going to be reliant on having that back centre status? Is that a big thing? Or are you happy to just kind of uh, punt him for next year? I think that, like, he's just been thrown around so much this year. Like, mm-hmm. back forward, back forward, uh, back forward. Sorry, back midfield, back midfield. And then, like, injury layoff. First game back this week, wasn't it? The first game back or second game back? Uh, first. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, like, no, second. He played last he week. He played sorry. last week. Yeah. Uh, and then so I was, my excuse for him there would just be like, you know, just trying to find touch again. He's still everything, what, you say 79. Yeah. It's not too bad for a defender. And I think he's, you know, if he can just get a bit of consistency next year, he'll be okay. Um, I just want to add, I think looking at, you know, obviously McGrath's now playing in defence, um, which I think, like you said, Kays, I think – keeping him is going to be super reliant on him playing defender. I don't think you can you can really drop him. He's still got the high pedigree of, of being a gun fantasy player. It's just he hasn't put it together consistently enough. And that defensive status is going to be a godsend for coaches, uh, for owners, I think. But what I will point out in this game was the GWS's return to form in general and looking to be using that mark kick game a lot. And I think we can probably put together... The reason for, you know, you had a McGrath score of 48, Redmond 54, Heppel 53. Like, their backline just didn't get a chance to really hold on to the ball much. And we didn't even see a ton from the Bombers this week. So, typically, the Bombers have been that restrictive team. But the, the Giants came and beat them at their own game, really, on the weekend. And were just holding on to the ball. So, maybe something to look for the last two weeks where the GWS really start possessing the footy. So, a couple of their guys might be worth a punt who you're going to talk about in a second. Mm. Yeah, well, obviously, Jesse Hogan's the one who's just on fire. 117 from him. Don't actually think he's officially 2G for P. He hasn't put the four 80 weeks together. But uh, I reckon he's unofficially, officially 2G for P. He's, yeah, I think um, we did do it, I think, at some stage. Okay. We 2G'd him. He's taken that next step, hasn't he? Yeah, 14, uh, Four snags, 17 touches in the weekend, and 12 marks. So, as he said, beating the Dons at their own game. Jake Riccardi, he had 79 points, and good to see him back in the ones. You know, each time he goes back and plays VFL, he just shows he just takes a piss there and, you know, scores 150s and has 20 marks and 30 kicks and that kind of stuff. But 17 touches and nine marks in the weekend. Um, i just love to give whether it's McVeigh for the rest of this year or even whoever takes over the Giants next year, love him to have a proper crack at it because I reckon he's a sneaky, like, genuine fantasy 
hybrid stud, if that makes sense. Like when the, when he's on, he's going to be on. Um, so keep him in your plans for next year. I, I quite like him. But the look of Jake Riccardi, he's got some tricks. Now, a couple of the head scratches, I suppose, looking to next year or all that for keeper coaches. Lockie Ash had 64 points, um, was dropped, but came in as a late in for Tim Taranto. Had 13 touches out in the wing this week. Now, he's a guy who gets shuffled around a bit too this year. He's been tagging. He's been a bit of midfield. He's been, you know, down back, just not getting a lot of consistency in his game. Now, I suppose holding on to him and not trading him at the start of this year when he had a bit of currency is probably one of my biggest regrets uh, so far. But what do you reckon with uh, someone like Lockie Ash, 2023, um, has the pedigree like a McGrath? Um, you know, we've seen some big scores from him in his career already, just isn't getting that uh, that kind of fantasy-friendly role. And I don't know if he's on the nose or not, but um, yeah, what would you be doing, Dossie? Uh, I, I've been a fan of his as well, I think. And the fact that he's still going to be at the Giants next year, I think next year's the contract year mm-hmm. for him. So... He's still got another year to go there. And like you said, I think I think it's going to be relying on whether or not he does find that role. And and he might find that role with someone like a Tim Taranto um, departing the club if that does yep. happen or if some other spots open up for him to really move somewhere. But I think most of his good scoring's really been on that half back yep. line. And whether they just bite the bullet and do what sort of happened to Zach Williams at Carlton, they had that experiment of trying to play him in the midfield, didn't really work out ended up on the half-back line and it was sort of saving his scores. I wonder – I just don't know where he fits, mm. which I think that's what they've got to figure out in the off-season. Hopefully, a new coach can find out because I'm also super high on him. I think if you're these, yeah, we'll these see, Giants guys, you're going to have to really wait and see until what happens post-trade you know, trade period. Who goes where, yeah. you know, whether it's Taranto, whether it's even Brune. You know, he moving, he just you know frees up some extra spots. And, you know, Jacob Hopper's another one. He had 53 on the weekend. He's, he's yeah, barely he's got going one. this season. Um He's played four games in a row now after missing a fair chunk of footy. But look, 21 touches, but super handball happy. He's probably another one. Like, would you consider buying him low, um, potentially with these guys moving on or even him moving on is the rumour? Or, you know, is he just kind of doesn't hasn't quite made it as that, that guy we thought he could be? Look, I think it's really hard, him, because he's, all, he's actually always just been a contested guy as well, like more of your super coach player than your than your classic sort of AFL fantasy guy. He's only ever had a career high of a 94 average and that was sort of his absolute best season. But that's that's a tough one for me because you, you can't really, like you wouldn't sell as an owner. Um, you just wouldn't get anything in return. And then like who's going to be buying when you don't know what's going to happen at the Giants? I guess, I guess it has to be a buy low if anything, but I don't really ever see him being a hundred plus guy. Yeah. So it's kind of just you're you're probably buying like a, a 90s mm. guy maybe if at I best. agree. I agree there. All right. Well, let's move on to Western Bulldogs versus Fremantle. Uh, just quickly get through a few of these. So Ed Richards, we've got, we can 2G4P him now. Um, he had 90 points on the weekend. Took a lot of marks in this game as well. Like a lot of, you know, just good marks as well. Like, you know, contested marks and just kind of popped into spots where, you know, you think he'd probably battle to just given his size. But yeah. I think the other thing is as well we're a bit worried about. He's contending with um, Daniel and Bailey Dale. Trelaw went back there. We kind of said he probably goes back to the midfield, but Trelaw was back on that halfback flank. So, um, yeah, that uh, was another thing that he contended well with. So, um, yeah, I reckon he's the real deal. and He's got a bright future ahead of him there. 
Uh, Jamara Ugelhagen is another one. Um, basically had 55 points. He's just shown enough, um, I think, this season to kind of, you know, get excited for next season at the very least. Mm-hmm. Looked flashy. Um, you know, didn't score heaps well, but, you know, he actually looked like he was given a bit of trouble uh, to the opposition defenders, to free our defenders there. So he's just one I like for the future because given, like, the way he kind of plays, it's just not – I don't usually like key forwards, but he plays kind of like more of a hybrid thing and – Legit, I could see him playing anywhere on the ground with success. So, yeah, I'm just kind of excited to see what he can actually do and what the Bulldogs end up doing with him in the future uh, long term as well. Kaze, uh, you had down – I didn't actually have this one down. This is your note here. But Sam Darcy, 50, you were pretty impressed with his debut. Just some really nice intercept marks. Uh, Ten touches, eight marks in, in total. He almost looks like the defender that the dogs have been crying out for. Yeah, you know, absolutely. They've, they've tried yeah. Tim O'Brien with much failure. You know, they dropped Alex Keith the other week. It's just his confidence. You know, we've talked about it a bit on the podcast the last couple of weeks just because his um, VFL numbers have been amazing. Like, you know, the week before he took, I don't know, 20 marks or something stupid in the, in the VFL and he just kind of brought that confidence straight over. So, he's just uh, come in and just asserted himself. Had a few little, you know, skill errors by foot, but, you know, it's your debut and you're a 200-centimetre 18-year-old, so easily forgivable. But just like the way he go, went about it, um, you know, will he develop into that Ruckman? Who knows? But at the moment, if they can, you know, have a kind of hybrid, you know, um, enigmatic centre-half back for a couple of years for free. I reckon that's a, a big tick for them. Yeah, he, he attacked the footy hard and, you know, he was able to take that clunk. And I think you're right, that is something they've been lacking because usually it just comes to ground and it's a bit of a scramble for the dogs, but it allows them to kind of just go back and reset and try to actually set up attacks. So, yeah, I don't mind that one. I'm just not sure fantasy-wise, yeah, how we'll go. But Depends what status he has. Yeah, but... Long term, he's going to be the ruck, surely, right? Like he's played. I think that's but where he's played term? his best footy in his juniors. Tim English is like twenty three. Long, long term, yeah. yeah but that, like, how often have they wanted to play a dual ruck with Tim English? It's not. It's only been a recent development that they've been happy to let him go solo ruck, and even still, they've brought in Sweet every now and then to to ease the load. I think as soon as Sam Darcy's strong enough, three or four years, yes. But long term, he's a ruck, surely. Like he's. Got the pedigrees, 205 centimetres or something. Not, like him and Tim English could be amazing. I always together. thought he was a, I thought he was like a, just a key, for, like he could play key forward, key back. I no, thought that's a what junior. Oh, that's. He has, but there was the talk. I remember because I did his draft. I'm pretty sure I did his draft profile and there was the talk that long term, they still think he's going to be able to play rough. Yeah, okay. Yeah. For, like, I mean, he's old, I'm he's not, old man. I'm not <laughs> like, I'm one not of the greatest. All, right? like, I, will he be scoring 80s next year? No. But like, no. And, same as Mac Andrew yeah, you mentioned, yeah. he's touted to be a long-term ruck, but like you said, it's probably not. It's like four or yeah. five years. Well, away yeah, with probably. the dogs, you've got probably a good seven years of Tim English though as well. So if he's playing a ten with him, then that's probably not going to be great for fantasy scoring long-term either. So I don't know, but yeah, mm-hmm. there was some class there, that's for sure. You can kind of see why he was a high draft pick, and yeah, Definitely. it went so high at him. Um, moving on to Frio, um, just look at their defenders. Like they all went nuts. So I'm not sure how much we can kind of look into it too much, or maybe it's something we look at against the dogs. Um, I, I will roll out my um, points for and against later on this week. But um, they just controlled the footy in their backline and built all their attacks from there. So Luke Ryan had 151. Geordie Clark had 11. Heath Chapman, 95. Even Brennan Cox got in on the party, had 83 points. All of them had 10-plus marks, um, and Cox, except for Cox, who had nine. So, um, yeah, just chipping around and intercepting well. Um, you know, it's just, yeah, it was just a week for their defenders. That's Heath all. Chapman looks like Luke Ryan 2.0. Yeah, could very like well he, be. He looks like he's going to have a serious fantasy game. 
Um, another one for the Frio was Griffin Logue, 89 points. Um, Czech has flagged this a few weeks ago, but he was kind of become their second ruck over the last few weeks. And his, it was his first decent score in this role. Um, so it was good to actually see the kind of, we flagged the role and actually see a fa- decent score come out of it. Um, Tabernard went down as well. So he just came a little bit more of a focal point up forward as well. They were just kind of hitting him on the chest a bit more. Um, the thing is like key fours do well against the dogs though. So I want to see a bit more data before I buy into it. But yeah, just good to see a good score from Griffin Logue. And then I guess the key forward versus the dogs thing as well. Lob kicked four goals too, but only scored 72 points. But he was definitely on top. Um, but the last one for this game was Nathan O'Driscoll. He, he returned to the side. And if he was dropped any waiver-wise, get on board this guy because he had 68 points, nothing massive, but it was his first game back and just some amazing things. This guy just loves like a spectacular goal. Like he just loves kicking one from the boundary or, you know, breaking out of a pack and just banging one through. Um, so yeah, like, like I said, if you got dropped to the waivers, um, definitely pick him up because he's going to be a fantasy player for the future, I believe. All right, Kays, on to Geelong versus St. Kilda. <laughs> Dossie, we need to somehow find like a, a snippet where someone's screaming zote in like great joy. <laughs> who, who, whose catchphrase do you want, is zote? Do you want to yeah, provide us? Say, you're going to need it. <laughs> do you want to just provide <laughs> us? I think you're going to find it right. like I'm going to have to, I've got to think about it more. I don't want to butcher it, but you know, yeah. zote, zote, zote. <laughs> I'm thinking like the zote. solo scream, but just with like zote. Like, like the, you know how you get like scream. the Charzan kind of scream, but it somehow is zote? That'd be mm. so sick. <laughs> zote. <laughs> That'll do. 104 <laughs> points. Oh, move over, Tom Stewart. The there is a new sheriff in town, and his name is Zach Guthrie. Look, he's shown some glimpses this year, but uh, this is easily the most well-rounded game I've seen him play. 22 touches, seven intercept marks, and even snuck down the ground for a cheeky sausage roll late. Look, third time for the year, um, and I think you've got to think the consistency will come. Like, he's, he's really come on this year maybe not the role I necessarily thought he was going to play I don't know about you Doss but he's really taken that um, kind of third tall role in his stride uh, loves it loves an intercept mark and uses the ball usually pretty well so anyone who invested in the zoo at the start of this year jeez um, congratulations all yeah I mean let's hope that he can continue and, and take a bigger step next year but I think the big thing in this one it's it's Obviously, Stewart copped all the attention mm. and the zote was let off the chain in this one. But yeah, coming in, what, he's 23, 24 now. So I reckon now's just, he's sort of just cut, he was a late bloomer. So I reckon from next year as well, we're just going to see a bit more consistency. Yeah. That's probably what's been lacking this year is that consistency. Do you reckon we're going to see more consistency next I year, Case? Because I reckon we're. Like, even the start of this year, like his body shape completely changed like last year he yep. was this weird little weed running around whereas pre-season this year we were like oh god like he's actually got some size to him now and another pre-season and some yep. confidence on the belt like he's played what 14 games straight now um yeah I- i'm very excited to see what he can do next year uh speaking of guys who i'm incredibly excited about it's uh the keeper league's own maxi holmes he had 98 points uh and speaking of oh, yes. uh i suppose coming of age games my word he played an outstanding game, 24 touches, one goal and 531 metres gain, the most of any player on the ground. Look, his work rate is elite, uh, played inside and out, and that hunger for the footy is just growing. And he is another one who's only going to get better and better going into his third year breakout year next year. Obviously, we'll probably lose that forward status because he's played so much kind of on the wing this season and, and uh, you know, pinch hit in the middle too. But... 
look with the Dangerfield Selwood and stuff out on the weekend, you know, shows you can play inside and out. And uh, yeah, I'm a massive fan. He looks like an absolute class player. <sighs> oh, he got a little taste, didn't he, and showed what he mm-hmm. can do. That's huge breakout next year. Just in a short. game like as well that they had so many outs and they were kind of challenged at the start and Geelong just weathered the storm and just went along their way with just, you know, rolling. I think Parfit came back in. I think, did he come back in this week? Yep, Parfitt um, came Yeah, in. and then Holmes just kind of, you know, that next kind of generation of midfielder kind of showed what they can do as well and still got on top. So it's good to see. Definitely. Uh, Sam Manigola, kind of tip of the cap, 92 points from him. 25 touches and a goal. Uh, definitely gives uh, the Cats a bit, but um, look, he was a lay-in, so kind of a bit unsure where he sits in their depth chart considering, you know, I suppose Smith and Holmes have kind of bumped him um, from that wing role and then you throw in Tommy Atkins into the middle. So, you know, it's kind of they've got such a good list, I suppose, where they can just kind of lean on Minigola as like your eighth-choice midfielder and stuff like that. So, Just uh, on a kind of off-topic or going sideways here, have you guys heard of Game Day Squad? Do you know what Game Day Squad is? Uh, yep, I've heard of it. Heard of it? Yeah, so it's like a fantasy platform where you – it's kind of bit like kind of bit like um, FIFA Ultimate Team where you kind of buy cards or you get your own cards and they're your fantasy players, but you can get like different style of cards so, so some score more fantasy points than others. Mm-hmm. So Sam Menegola, I've got a platinum uh, Sam Menegola card that's worth 1.3 fantasy points. So basically, you know, you get an extra thirty percent on whatever he scores. So, um, yeah, he was my best player, and we can score me one hundred forty-six points. So in that platform, so it's definitely good. But why I'm kind of bringing it up is because I didn't know this, and I only found this out last week. Is the game day squad platform? I thought it was like a year-to-year thing. Like if you played FIFA Ultimate Team, like you have to start again each year. Hmm. You keep these players from year to year. So like if you pick up a good youngster in that kind of platform as well, um, yeah, it's good to see. So it's, there's a keeper element to it as well. So if you like keeper leagues and stuff like that, definitely have a look at game day squad. Because, um, yeah, very, very kind of different way to play fantasy, but good fun as well. It's like ultimate team, FIFA ultimate team, but for fantasy, if you're into that sort of thing. Hef's uh, looking forward to that check coming in the mail. <laughs> no, there, absolutely no plug. I'm just, yeah, I've been getting into it since I've been team in, that's all. I pulled out a, um, I pulled out a Took Miller and uh, what I got, Ben Keys. I've had Kyle Langford as well, actually, on my side as well. So he's been going too. And I got Dylan Moore too the other week. So I'm pretty happy with that. Oh, yeah, Dylan, yeah, that's yeah, a big absolutely. one. Absolutely. Um, just another kind of sideways thing though on this, but uh, speaking of late outs, I had Segler as my number one ruck this week with Mark Pitnett as my uh, emergency, both uh, late outs or, you know, withdrawn after Ouch. teams were named and copped, copped a zero oh. in the prelim <laughs> in the ruck. I was, I got to say, I was so lucky to have my buy this week in, yeah, my home league because I have Blitzarves, Dangerfield and oh, Toronto. Geez. That was lucky. <laughs> I could have been pretty lucky, lucky been to have that nasty. week off there. Anyway, let's move on to some Saints players. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah onto the Saints. Mason Wood, 102 points. Um, touched on him last week as well, but his last month's been exceptional and he's actually 2G4P now. 106, 93, 95 and 102 in his last four games. Like, yeah. even if you thought about that six weeks ago, you would have thought that's like crazy oh, He talk. always showed potential, but just so inconsistent, but he's actually putting a string together. I think it's just getting consistent wing time. Yeah, and he's really made that wing his own. We'll definitely lose that forward status next year, but he's someone I'd look at taking, um, you know, in a redraft because, you know, not many people really would have um, even retained him in someone like our league, Hef. I think yeah. he's still in their waivers. Um, and even though he's that wingman, he's shown that he's just got a really good, you know, floor which is uh, really cool for a wingman. I suppose it's the when you're you know basically 200 centimetres and you can run and take marks like he does, it's a, a big, big tick. You know, I think there's a sneaky chance he does keep forward status. Real slight. Okay. But yeah, I think he might. 
just because he's played all this, like, like you know, in between all season, just the last few weeks, he's kind of gone permanent wing. So, yeah, I'll give it a chance. Uh, ben Patton, tip of the cup again, 84 points, 18 touches, nine marks. I've uh, just made the most a little chippy-chippy game style down back for the Saints. Still not sold on him next year, but uh, happy to monitor. One guy I am is Hunter. I thought he was your what? boy. Hang on. Yeah. Hang on. He's, he's my boy. boy, but like- That's why he's in the show, Doc. I'm not sold on him was the quote. I'm not sold I'm on not him sold on him next like, year. He's not going to be a keeper. And he's really only started to put two good yeah. games together in a row. I think just the fact that he's mentioned on this show is enough oh, for boy. Case to make sure he's his boy because I wouldn't have been <laughs> I just checked. Oh, 84 boy. points apparently is disrespectful, you know. Like, uh, it's like, no, 84 points is fine to mention. As like a anyway, I just want to keep yeah. mentioning him because when he does pop, then I've definitely got some runs on the board. I can see what's how you do it. Tip of the cap for now. You're off him now. You're off him. Hunter Clark, 81 points. I suppose everyone knows how much bad luck he's had this season. And I'm not sure if anyone's selling, but if they are, I'd definitely be buying. Uh, he had 18 touches on the weekend, 17 of them kicks, uh, 53, 71, and 81 in his last three games coming back from injury. So, slowly building up. And look, that's all he can do. I think look out next season if he can just get a proper run at it, a proper preseason. Um, you know, the Saints have some really weird kind of players like Dan Hanbury's injured himself again and probably that might be goodbye Hannah's um, you know Zach Jones didn't even start in the 22 this week he seems to be out of favour you know um, Seb Ross is ageing you know Jack Bytel we haven't really seen much this year so Hunter Clark could be one in that midfield next year who just uh, goes bang off the back of a good preseason and lastly is Marcus Windhager. He had 78 points. Now, he had the run with Roll on the inferior Guthrie and did a very, very good job. Uh, Windhager had 17 touches and he restricted the lesser Guthrie to 22. Um, I suppose the good thing with, with guys like Windhager and uh, Owens, um, to a degree, is the Saints, that they're just playing him. Like, they're playing him over those guys I've just mentioned. You know, they've been first choices for quite some time. So, um, you know, Guys like Windhager probably aren't going to be kept in most keepers, but I would be looking at taking them earlyish because you know that they're going to get the opportunity. You know that they're going to get that run next year and with that experience under their belt, you know, they could be, you know, a genuine player by the end of their second year. So keep an honor out for guys, you know, those younger guys who have been getting good opportunities this season um, in some of these teams. Um, yeah. Did you mention this Bytel thing you've got written down here? Yeah. Oh, that's just funny. I'm just wondering if he's finished his 23-week Jenny Craig program. Bytel <laughs> or Burton? No, Bytel had a good game in the Sanf- in the VFL, I think. Okay, good. Good. He or was might. it Burns? I don't know. I get both of those confused because they're both Dossie's boys and they both stink. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Bytel, <laughs> I don't know how he's going to go next year. Is it, how, What's his contract status, Dossie? Do you know? Did you, you you mentioned? Did you mention Mitch Owens though? What happened in this like game? A, um, yeah, like he cl- he clamped the shit out yeah. of Tom Stewart. Yeah, right. Is that why he scored so bad? No, that makes sense. He got he got Mitch. Yeah, like <laughs> he got machitoed. Like legit clamp. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anyway, let's move on to. Yeah. So I, I I think just watch out for that. Who who have the Saints got this week? That's uh, I'd be also just be wary of that. If he's if he managed to do such a good job there, I think this time of year, if you're coming up in a prelim. Like I'm, I'm a Nick Dacos owner, and I'm really concerned about Ryan Clark next week. For instance, like I reckon, just be aware of these heading into your matchups yeah, next Jack week. Bytel had 28 touches and a goal in the VFL. Well, Daniel Rich probably, Daniel Rich probably this week for Mitch. Oh, they're playing Brisbane. Yeah. All right. Yep. Well, yeah, oh, that's right. Friday night. Yeah, so it might be a tough one for him. Um, all right, let's get on to the Port Adelaide versus Richmond game. I only watched half of this. Uh, I, I spat the dummy in the second half and turned the TV off. Nah, I actually <laughs> I went started out. writing another sign. I went to a uh, went to a gig. 
I went to the Gulf uh, for the first time in about three years, I reckon, since COVID hit. So it was good to go watch a band and, yeah, not have to worry about footy. But, um, yeah, no, just when I bought the tickets, the fixture wasn't out, so I wasn't didn't know it clashed with the game. But anyway, um, Willem Drew is the first player that kind of stood out to me. 104 points. He had the second most CBAs for Port Adelaide after having not a single CBA the week before. Um, with Rosie injured, um, and then I think it's just a good matchup, like a good contested matchup for him, um, you know, playing in, in a midfield with, you know, Cochin and of the like and good in and under type midfielders. I think it just was a good game for him to actually put up some points, get a few tackles, that sort of thing as well. So, um, yeah, like encouraging signs, but he's just as likely to drop back down next week. So I'm not really buying in until I see Boak maybe out of the side, um, you know, like retired, and that's still probably another year away. So, yeah. That's when I'll start thinking about Willem Drewy and taking him a bit more seriously, I think. Mm, I don't think Boat's going anywhere for a while. Yeah, exactly. Um, Brent Tico at 86 points. He was dominated by Nank but still scored well. Um, way better than Hayes around the ground. So that's how Port deem a good Ruckman is not whether they win or lose hitouts and you know give hitouts to advantage. It's just about playing good around the ground. So, yeah, he'll stay in for a while, I think. Um, unless they do try to just give Hayes a run over the last few weeks and see how he goes and see how they can match up now that they're out of finals and... You know, might not have a coach in two weeks, so who knows <laughs> how it goes. Um, Jace Burgoyne, only 56 points, but just still showed that class that I was mentioning last week. I still think he's going to be a future star. I just thought it was interesting, though, because he plays a lot like his dad and his uncle, those kind of halfback flanker type things. I know um, Sean did go up forward a bit later on in his career, but, you know. Um, I had a look at what their fantasy averages were. So, like, Peter Burgoyne was a... Uh, was it only like an 80 to 90 average kind of guy? Mm. And so was Sean. So that's probably kind of going to be his cap if he does kind of make it. But I still think, yeah, that's pretty handy to have on the back line. What about the Berg? How did he go? Um, he got pretty much, I don't can't remember scoring, but Camden McIntosh like, and um, uh, who's the other women? Um, P- uh, Marlon Pickett. They were just on top of the wings in, in this game. So, yeah, I think they struggled a little bit, yeah. Camden McIntosh, especially, he had 103 points. He just kind of beat up on those kind of wingers, those kind of inexperienced wingers. So, yeah, it didn't go too great. Like, you know, it did some good things here and there, but, yeah, nothing major. It's like in Dersmar was the same. They kind of just looked out of their depth in this game. Mm-hmm. Well, Port did in general. Um, yeah, but I said mentioned Camden McIntosh had 103 points, but some more Tigers. Tom Mitchell had 97 points. Um, he had four goals. Um, and, you know, I guess keys against Port over the final two rounds. They, they're going pretty well. Um Jonas isn't great, and Aaliyah is more of an interceptor. Um, uh, down. Jonas is done, isn't he, too? Yeah, did that happen in the second half? Because <laughs> I didn't see it. <laughs> oh, as in I think they've ruled him out for the okay, year cool. today. Yeah. Um, yeah, so again, games. key forwards against Port then are generally going to go pretty well, I think, over the last two rounds. But I think um, Tom Lynch has got Hawthorne and Essendon over the last two weeks as well. So, yeah, that should be a pretty handy matchup for him there. So, he's probably available on a few wave-wise too. So, he might be a good one if you need to stream a forward for the last two rounds. Um, and Liam Baker had 82 points. And I think Vlosten was injured as well. So, I didn't actually check the injury report, but he went out of this game quite early. Um, but, yeah, if he's out, then, yeah, he could be one to go big over the last few rounds as well. He might just kind of pick up a few. Sorry, it was Tom Tom Cleary, not uh, Either Jones. way, like, yeah, that's another one down. I don't think Cleary's not great anyway because he was dropped a few weeks ago. But, um yeah, uh, I still think I still think key fours are going to go okay against Port in the last two rounds. Um, let's move on to North Melbourne versus Sydney. Dossie, with you. Alrighty, let's talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Jaden Stevenson first. <laughs> no, I'll talk about quickly just the game. Um, look, Kay's talked about last week how lame it was to watch North games, which has been absolutely true for most of the season. But this one, honestly, North came to play um, – 
Sydney's been one of the hardest teams to score against for opposition teams and just in general touching the ball at all. And Ruse definitely came to actually, you know, they, they were competitive for much of this game. They got absolutely piled it on in the third quarter, I think, which really ended the game. But they, they did show some signs of improvement. And for the last couple of weeks, I, I think a lot of your North players that you'll be fielding in your prelims and grannies are actually going to come through um, to score all right. So one of them being Jaden Stevenson, as mentioned, 112. Look, everyone's going to talk about the moment, <laughs> the... Uh, the shocking moment. You've both seen yeah, it, surely. Yeah, the, the Franklin goal. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, <laughs> look, it was it was an absolute stinker of a moment, a brain fart, a, a br- something beyond a fart. There was It was touching cloth <laughs> from that brain moment. But um, <laughs> look, he, he apart from that moment, he had a lot of good things happen. Um, I know, Kays, you look, I'll get your opinion mm-hmm. on him in a minute because I know what it is, but- <laughs> He's technically 2G for P with how he's scoring, but I just know that there's a lot of coaches out there that aren't going to be sure, and maybe you can you can walk through why that is now. But he's taking kick-ins ahead of Hall, and I think it's just a clear indication. North for this last sort of month, want to see, look, what do we have from this kid? Can we trust him in, in a backline role? Is that where he's best suited? And um, how is he going to go going forward? But what, what's your thoughts? Because I know you've got a bit of a different oh, opinion. Just... <laughs> I didn't watch any of this game, obviously, but I saw that someone shared that um, that vision today on our um, footy thread. And I was just like, this is actually the reason why Stevenson playing defense is a bad move for North and himself. Like he's, you know, we talked about Sam Darcy coming in um, on the weekend and like playing really well because he's coming off, you know, playing really well in the VFL. He's confident. Like Jaden Stevenson's confidence levels would be one out of 10. And he's like- Did you say confidence or competence? Confidence. Oh, sorry. Confidence levels is like one out of 10 where he's just like, they're like, oh, you know, we don't actually think you're that good at forward and we don't think you're that, you know, good in the midfield. So just go in the back line and just get some ball and hopefully that makes you feel better. It's like the biggest cop out, I think, in- in footy at the moment because they brought him in on big money to be a game winner, not to be like a, you know, a slut off halfback flank. Like, and I just don't think it's good for anyone. And I think if they get a coach in like someone like Clarko, maybe one, he's going to have to stop wearing sleeves, but two- I was going to say, how many how many long sleeve wearers are genuine <laughs> match winners, game winners? Like they're generally the flanky uh, James sort, Heard, Jimmy Bartel. Sorry, in the, in the modern, in the modern okay. game. Yeah, right um, now. Not sure, but like, he just needs someone to come in and be like, nah, man, like, you're here because you're a good player. Like, win us games. Don't just get cheap kicks off the halfback flank. Look, From a fantasy point of view, which we talk about, yes, it's a great role. But is it going to continue next year? I honestly don't don't know and I don't think so. And I hope it doesn't because it's not good for him or the team. I have no idea if it's going to continue, but I do still think he'll hold this role for the next couple of weeks. We'll wait and see via selection. Look, you look at that one highlight and you drop him. But you look at his totality of the game, 31 disposals, only three clangers yeah, and he was one 80% efficiency. So, like, the thing is, like, Kays, you're giving exactly. him probably too much credit, I think. You're thinking he's actually a better player than this. Whereas I, I think don't. I think this is this is Jaden Stevenson. This is the role he'll play. And I think he'll be fine for fantasy. I don't think he's a, like, I don't think he's a, a ball-winning midfielder. I don't think he's a flashy midfielder. I don't think – like, he could be a goal sneak-up forward, a small forward, kind of like a – you know, just kind of like, you know, one of those kind of game-breakers, like, potentially, like – Half a shy Bolton or something like that. Nowhere near that no, potential. He's not shy Bolton. That's I said. Nowhere near that potential, but maybe half like play a similar role and be half as good. I reckon his best position. Well, he's going to be best played along half back because that's all he's got in him. To be honest, 
know if that's probably harsh, but yeah. Look, I'm a big fan. I actually think 500 metres gained. I, I think um, I think you're being a bit harsh on the lad. I think, like I said, the clanger, it was one of only three from 30. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about I'm not being harsh. Are you talking about me? Who's being harsh? Me or, me or Kay? I know. I just, look, let's yeah. move on. Let's move on. But I, I actually do still rate the guy. Um, there's just something about him. I just Dossie think he plays halfback flank and he scores well. Like oh, that. That's his position. That's what he does. So, Yeah. yeah. All right, we'll wait and see what happens with the new coach and stuff. There's lots to play out, but you've got to keep him based on his potential in this role. Uh, Goldie and Hickey, tip of the cap, 93, 101, uh, 105 points uh, respectively for those two going against each other, the two fossils. Um, look, both of them have probably got two of the uh, more exciting successes coming through, I'd say, for your keeper prospects. But um, look, they're still getting the job done, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out going forward. But I'm loving the look, the looks of um, of a Tristan Cherry breakout next year, and even a Peter Laddams should they move on from Hickey or decide that he's sort of done. I'd say that Laddams is a, a bit longer away than Cherry. I think Cherry's going to get the gig next year as soon as next year. So look out for those guys. Um, Ryan Clark, apparently, I was looking. He was on Aaron Hall, but look, it didn't it didn't stop Aaron Hall. But he's still a guy that you're looking at. Like I said a moment, little while ago, Nick Dacos. If you're running with him in your in your granny or your prelim, I'd be a bit nervous. I think Clark's 100% coming to him in the coming weeks. So he him tagging people is still just an absolute thing going forward. So look out for that for the next two weeks in your do or die matches. Uh, oh, Nick sorry, Larky does he just on that absolute- one? Um, we did we flagged that last week, and the other one we probably neglected to match in the Hawthorne game was Finn McGuinness as well because he put the clamps yep. on Took Miller as well. Now, Aaron Hall, I think like that yep. is a, 94 points for Aaron Hall. That that stopped him. Like any other t- any other mm-hmm. game, I reckon that's like, especially the way he was scoring early, that's probably like a 120 plus score. So, I reckon Clark does mm. did do a decent job there. Yep. But also, there's just a slight discount he's getting now. With like Jaden Stevenson has taken majority kick in duty. Yeah, so, he's probably only getting, I think it's more like a 60. 40, but yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. It's a, it's definitely curtailing Aaron Hall when you're going below 110 Absolutely. at the moment in his, the way he goes about it. Um, just a couple of more notes. I think Nick Larkey's going to be actually an option in our keeper leagues in the next few years. The moment North turn it around, he's going to be a pretty good um, keeper league streamer, at least at the very minimum. Kick seven snags, I think, in this one, 90 points. Um, tip of the cap for the moment, but I think going forward, as soon as North are actually looking like a competitive team. He's going to seriously have some big games under his belt. Curtis Taylor's one that is just a topsy-turvy scorer. He's been one of the biggest waiver to the waiver back on your team, to the waiver back on your team kind of guys this year. I just want to know what he's like next year because I've got a lot of time for him, but I'd also like that consistency to improve. So I'm really keen to see where he goes next year in the off-season with whether they bring in draft picks that'll take that wing role from him or whether he's just playing forward again, whatever. So he's just a guy I'm looking at. And where do we sit with Horn Francis heading into drafts next year? I just want to get a quick quick gauge before we move on. Hef, um, what do you reckon? Uh, I'm not from going a startup. From just... In general, do you think there's uh, first of all you're keeping just yeah, due to the pedigree? Keeping, oh, I'd be keeping, keeping just due to the but pedigree, I'm not obviously. Like huge things next season. I'm more waiting for that third, fourth year. I think. I just there was one moment I in this game. Like I'll be real quick, but it was like somebody got a clearance out from Sydney. Ball comes down. North just missed a tackle or something, and they got out. And I just saw instead of running to the next contest. He does like a basically your eye roll version, but his whole body, his whole body did an eye roll and he just stopped running. And I'm like, this sort of, like, I just hate that sort of attitude um, 
from a young player just just don't like that. You don't see that from a lot of players. It's kind of just like a spit the well, dummy type always, stuff. He's from actually probably always played in like strong teams. Like he was at South Adelaide last yeah, year. Yeah, I know. Good and it's like, he's like a. He's probably like South yeah. Adelaide are probably a more competent team than North Melbourne. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. You know, it's a young player. I don't want to put too much heat on someone like that. But that sort of thing, it's like, gee, you got to get rid of that early yeah. in the career. That's no good. All right, uh, let's move on to the next game, uh, Brisbane Lions versus Carlton. I had a look at this one. Uh, let's find some players. Zach Bailey, he had 108 points, um, kicked four goals, worked well up the ground. And so every kind of like one of his goals basically was running back towards goals. So kind of waited for the turnover and, um, yeah, kind of hit him up on the way back. So it worked pretty well for, for Brisbane. He still needs goals to score well, which concerns me a little bit, but playing in Brisbane side, he's going to have the potential to kick plenty of goals as well. He's got St Kilda and Melbourne to finish finish the season as well. So not super easy matchups for the forwards. So we just have to wait and see what happens there. But um, yeah, like in this game, he looked the goods. So hopefully it continues, especially after I thought he was dead last week and wasn't actually going to play this week. So KZU you own him, you would have been pretty happy with that return this week. I oh, wasn't even nowhere near my starting side. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, there you go. Um, Oscar McInerney had 105 points. He was just dominant in the ruck against Deconi. They really should have played Pitney. Uh, really, or Pitnet, sorry, um, to kind of curb this. But uh, he had 37 hitouts and 19 disposals, so he was good on the day. Reese Matheson, 98 points, playing in the midfield. Beast he, mode. He wins his own footy, but also just gets into some good spots to receive the footy in this game as well. Like he, you know, got up forward and took a grab, had a shot at goal. I think he missed it. But, you know, just little things like he could, you know, finally gets in spots where they just have to give it to him as well. He's... Averaging 82 without his sub-affected game of zero this season. So, he's pretty handy for a loophole type at the moment. I will say, uh, as an owner of a few of these guys you're talking about, Brisbane played this Friday night, next Friday night, they are like really good for loophole teams because they either actually score really well or they don't score really well. Like your Camerons, your McStays, all these kind of guys who you're going to talk about. They are Even Matheson. Matheson's a great Loophole option coming into your, your prelims and your grand finals. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned McStay, so M- sorry, might, go on, Dustin. <laughs> might go the loop with Dan Rich if he's getting that Owens tag yeah, too. might clap him down there. I'm lucky, uh, lucky you're not playing this week, Case. I know. There's a few, <laughs> few there. Um, Dan McStay, we talked about him just briefly, but yeah, he had 92 points, um, four goals. It's really enough, to, enough said with him there. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see where he ends up. He hasn't re-signed yet, has he? No. I tend to no, miss those type of things. Um, but yeah, with him putting Danaher, I'm just still wondering whether they take the heat off. Um, and, you know, if he does go somewhere where he's more of a key forward, like with a key focal point for a side, does he score as well? But yeah, playing as that kind of third the third target, he's scoring pretty well this season. Now, I'm going to BTP someone if, mm. if I get the permission. Go and that it. is Jared Lyons. So his last month hasn't been great. And it's actually his season. I don't actually know what he's averaging. At the moment, I'll quickly look it up, but I don't imagine it's very good at the moment. So, okay, you're an owner. What is he having? Mm. Not good enough. Yeah. Do you reckon he's BTP? Oh, he's averaging 92, so it's not too bad. But I think over the last month- So, you won't let me B2P Jake Lloyd, but you want to B2P Jared Lyons. Well, look. 81 in his last five is what you probably the stat you're 81 in his last five. So, last five has gone 68, 69, 88, 98, 82. So, last three haven't been too bad, but a few 60s in there. I am in a league as well. And, like, he's gone from VC option each week mm. to not being there. So, probably not BTP status. Jake Lloyd, I think, is probably averaging way more than that over the last five. But he's uh, over the last five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you reckon? Do you reckon he's a BTP candidate? Or do you reckon, uh, do you reckon I he's got ever back? I think he's kind of gotten to that phase where it's like you almost know what you're going to get from that 30-year-old midfielder. Like, 
is he going to be a match winner anymore? No. Like, is he just going to be consistent enough to give you in? Like, he's never – you're never not going to field Jared Lyons, but at the same time, you know, he's not busting out those 120s anymore. I looped him off this week. I had Isaac Smith on the bench score 100 and, yeah, I didn't field him. I looped him off. Well, that's, that's if you've got that, if you've got yeah, that depth, like, a, she's like in my side, he's, yeah. he's going to be playing as a utility at worst in, in our league. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I guess, yeah. So, yeah, I think I think he's one that's kind of not falling off a cliff, but, you know, they've got... they've. I think it's interesting that they had a chance to start playing him more inside and get him back to that kind of role that he was at last year, just predominant centre bounces, and instead they've brought in a Reese Matheson. They've, re- they've risen up Hume McCluggage's centre bounce attendances like it looks like that role where he can go huge has been taken away you know is yeah. gone does he, every, does he ever average 100 yeah. plus again no because yeah. I think you've got like Bailey nah. Rainer, does he average 90 guys. plus next season I think he can be around that 90 nah. I think he's at 90 might be now might be a forward mid going forward though from Let's next year I'd year, imagine potentially happy with that yeah yeah, yeah. It might be a handy forward line, an option um, unless he actually does play forward then probably not but Wait and see what happens. Um, go on to some Carlton players. Mitch, McMillan, sorry, Mitch McGovern had 87 points. He had 10 marks defense, um, 13 kicks, and he's, he's a good user of the footy. They even gave some kickouts to him as well. So, um, yeah, he is kind of not playing a defensive, like, you know, lockdown role. Weedering's kind of jumped into that role that kind of, um, was it Liam Jones left mm-hmm. last season? And he's kind of being playing Weedering's role kind of thing where he's kind of running off and getting a few more marks and kicks and setting up things. So, yeah, Mitch McGovern's, uh, yeah, a good one to look at. Dossie, you got something to say about him? Yeah, I reckon he's up there with my top waiver pickups for the week, to be honest, up against Melbourne this week, um, given it's going to be down in their back line quite a bit. They're actually, I think, uh, Cripps has got the two-week suspension as well. I'd imagine it's probably going to sit in um, Carlton's back line quite a bit this week. And if he's just going to be involved in that chip mark play and also be taking some kick-ins, I'm, as a forward-eligible player, I'm so tempted to... I uh, just put my waiver on wire pick on him. Just before. <laughs> nice. Well, we we'll brought him up on the waiver wire podcast. Is yeah. that what did it? Oh, he was I actually see. cool. Cool. Um, yeah, Jacob Wittering had eighty-two points, but like we just mentioned, like he's been so much more locked down this year. But he was well on top of Danaher in this game. Had nine marks. You just, if you're ever going to field Wittering, you just need him to see him do this a bit more consistently. Um, Paddy Dow, Dossie, forty <laughs> points, mainly playing up forward. Only twenty-seven percent of the CBAs. He's just no good, mate. Mm. <laughs> he's just no good. Oh, sh- oi, shut up, shut up, oi, shut up. <laughs> he really shut gets up. traded like he's um, just, nah. Cripsy's, Cripsy's gone for two weeks, mate. Matt Kennedy's I, out for the year. You've I just mentioned. dropped on the back of look, this. It's Paddy Dow season and you're jumping I'm off the train. I just, yeah, Come well, on, we mate. already saw it this week with Kennedy out. Hewitt's already, Hewitt's already out. Like how many more, like, what well, if it was this week? It was, surely it was already going to happen this week. Oh, wow. He had a bad game. He played 20% CBAs. Wow. I'm so surprised that a midfielder that relies purely on clearance M- ball is not playing point. They're well already missing forward. two of their key midfielders. And then they don't want to give him the chance. Yeah. And, that, like, and now they're going to miss a third. The trudge yeah, might well, play next week. That's how, he's going to have to go in there. Was. Oh, yeah. Like I said, like, if they're already not giving him opportunities with two of them missing, I think there's no guarantee that he's going to yeah. get more next week with a third missing. But, well, Hef, you can jump yeah. off. I'm going to ride right, the let's train. Do, let's get you need a wager. I, I don't want to wager for next week's Paddy Dow line. What is it? I'll, yeah, I'll say. Oh, 105 plus. Um, take that half. Yeah, I'll take unders. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get into the last game. Let's with you, Doss. <laughs> oh, okay. I'd, I'd set, what, what would be, would you still take the unders for 70? I, I'd almost yeah, I'd, say 70 if, he, if, he's, um, if yeah, there's I'll no the crips. 
No, Kennedy. Uh, West Coast Crows, let's wrap this up. Um, Look, it was the JK farewell game and um, they came out. Both teams came out to play. Adelaide were playing for Rory Led's 200th. Um, West Coast, of course, for the Josh Kennedy farewell. And boy, oh boy, was it a farewell for the superstar. Three snags in the first quarter, a dream run, a couple from the boundary line. He seemed to be just hitting everything on this retirement game. Uh, It was awesome to see. This, This was fantastic. He nearly... But he slotted through one right near the end of the game to tie it in the last quarter. It was probably the easiest of his set shots, and he happened to miss that one. But eight goals total. A farewell send-off in the fantasy world as well for 120 points for anyone bold enough to feel the great man. And and I mean, it wouldn't have been that, uh, that nah, stupid last game, as well, having a guy him. that yeah, is a key forward. Sure. Yeah, exactly. So what I was going to ask as well, just obviously congratulations to Kennedy on a fantastic career at the mighty, mighty Weagles and, and for being a premiership player. But is there any other players we could look for for a bit of a farewell tour, uh, Josh Kennedy style in the in the coming two weeks? visions of um, David Mundy's final mm. game and comparing – in my head, it's like Michael Barlow's last game. They're playing finals though. Yeah, so true. Actually, his farewell game yeah, is not right, finals. Really work, does it? Is there anyone that – that's what I'm looking more yeah. at, like the, the teams that are going to be out. The Robbie farewell Gray. kind of chip marks. No, I think or- Robbie Gray is going to go around again as well by the looks. I think they would have announced something by now to give him a proper farewell if he was going. So. And Stevie Motlop's already Yeah, he won't go again. Yeah, he's already just immediately yeah, retired. Um, just can't think off the top of my head. Keep an eye. The next yeah. couple of weeks, um, keep an eye on the announcements because, yeah, that, there could be a couple He hasn't announced it yet, but Shannon Hearn, if he does announce it. But it looks like he's going again. Jack Rewalt. Oh, but they're back yeah, in exactly. the finals frame too. Yeah. So. Shannon Hearn, I think we'll go again. Mm. Anyway, I'll move on to a couple of I'll move on to a couple of players that you we want to talk about from this one. I'll talk about Adelaide first, actually, because there's a few West Coast players. Patrick Parnell, well, look, he scored 34 points. I just really like him as a future player. Just like the way it goes about it. I won't talk about him too much because the score's stinky, but I just there's something about the way he moves down there and gets those nah, chip, gets involved in I some of the chip mark. Yeah. He, just looking forward, he's a very young player. Um, the next couple of years, I'll be looking for him um, to be a defender of the future. Looking at Jake Saligo, again, he was in the guts in this one, showing some nice signs, but not scoring too much, only 49 points. Uh, nine CBAs in the first half, but I did want to talk about um, this with UKs as well. Benny Keys, some uh, some unfortunate role in the recent weeks, playing less than bounce mix, but... Notably, one centre bounce attendance in the first half, then 15 centre bounce attendances in the second half. Back in the midfield, look, he still scored pretty dog shit with 45 points. But it was notable that Nixie clearly wanted to get this win and the winning formula for him was still to put keys back inside. So... Perhaps it's a bit of a good sign going forward for next year for keys owners as it's well. It's like I told you this last week and you didn't want to listen to me. I'm not I'm not concerned for I'm not concerned for this sorry, next season. I think it'd be fine. I just feel like because they're out of the finals race, there just might be one out of the last two games where they just kind of chuck someone else in the midfield and just play him forward. Just because it, the games don't matter. That's as, just what I'm saying. As, as Dossie said, and that's what they said. I was listening to the radio on the way home today. Like, that was the notable thing. It was like, we've given Saligo and Schomburg and all these CBAs in the first half where, were they losing or were they, it was really tight? And then it was just like, we need to win. Keys needs to go in. And then I think he won six clearances think, or something yeah. like that. And that was the formula. Are you worried that like in the grand final week, he comes up against Port? And I can actually see the Crows getting on top of Port in the last round. I actually think they'll play their best. Like this- the, the showdown is this, it's both teams' grand final this year. 
yeah, they true. will want to win. Like they will not want to be someone losing that. So they're not going to fuck around either team with experimenting in the in the showdown. Yeah, yeah you're probably right. No, so Keys, Boke, all these kind of guys are going to go bananas. In and the, who have the they got? Round. They got another good matchup this week, don't they? And well. the Crows have North Melbourne. So anything could happen this week against North. But you're not playing this week. But so. I'm not playing this week, yeah. so I don't care. But I'm not, I'm not concerned. Yeah. And you know, I, I don't. I'm not. I'm, I'm actually not even buying into this centre forward status shit with Keys either. I don't think it's. Oh no, neither. Strong enough. It's but, purely um, fucking around for the last few rounds. I'm yeah. more concerned about people who have him in finals over the next. Few I think weeks, he'll be fine in the grand final. Yeah, Purely because it's a showdown. If it was if it was switched, I'd be super worried. If you've worried got him about. this week, you'd be worried. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, now look. Usually, I don't take too much credence in uh, forwards versus West Coast, just because it, it is what it is. But the fog um, after. A, only scoring 68 points against Carlton, but looking really good while doing it. He scored 91 points in this game, four goals, one. He's a dead-eyed dick and uh, scored 43 points in that last quarter to secure them the dubs with three North snags. This week. So, he could get look, a he's not, he's not North. Who's he got, sorry? North, yeah, again. Yep, another guy that could be a nice stream option, the Fog. So, look, he's coming into his own late in this season and I think next year is when he sort of really takes that... Um, that step up again, especially if the Crows do take a step forward as a team. Um, looking at a few West Coast players, um, obviously we've mentioned Josh Kennedy, great game. Um, Xavier O'Neill, 83 points. To me, he looked like he was paying very close attention to Laird just at stoppages. He, he did a great job of tagging him too, leaving him to uh, 36 disposals, um, 127 points for Laird. But look, Laird didn't get a mark, so that tells me he was chasing him around the ground. He also just laid a bunch of hugs on him, pretty hard ones, eight tackles for O'Neill. So he was paying attention to him. I just think he's a bit player going forward. So tip of the cap to O'Neill. Willie Rioli continues to play midfield minutes. It's not really fantasy relevant for him though, 75 points, but he is getting plenty of inside midfield time is I'll take 75 Rioli. from a forward most weeks. Um, yeah, that's it. Don't know if he holds the role next year though. That's the probably the thing. You know, I think Jai Cully, I think probably Campbell Chesser gets a role through there. Elliot Yo is still going to come back. So, and Dom Sheed. So, I, I think it's just probably more of a bit role in the midfield going forward for Willie Rioli, but he is giving it, getting a mm. crack late in the season. Liam Ryan, he's playing more up the ground, seemingly. Um, just floating a bit higher in his forward role, usually sort of a bit closer to home, but he's had a few good games in a row, 83 points. He's being used to get the ball inside 50 a bit more notably in the last few weeks, and, and it's doing wonders for his score. So I'll just give a tip of the cap right now just because it's West Coast and we haven't been in that good a form, but... Look, I don't think we have the early games. Otherwise, he'd be a nice stream, but it's probably just too risky at this time of year to be rolling the dice. He's got a later later game in the week versus West Coast Saturday night. So, I think it's just too tough unless you have a loophole on the Sunday. Jermaine Jones is getting close to that uh, 2G for me. 85 points, playing on a half back, and like he's looking the goods pretty much. So, I think with another year under his belt in the offseason, I think he's going to be a nice little backline player for us. Probably that 75 to mm-hmm. 80 guy, maybe a bit more if he, if he can get more consistent. Um, Liam Duggan, I only put in here as the last player because somebody mentioned it last week that I never mentioned him. The listener, thank you very much. 90 points. I think you'll get lots of pill if Witherden doesn't play, but if Witherden's in the side, he's going to lap up all those mark kicks. So it's going to obviously depend on his contract status. I think Liam Duggan's just more of your hard nut, less of your cheap pill, but when he has an opportunity, when a guy like Witherden is out of the side, he you know does that, like, get Witherden's involved in those always cheap out the side because he's always playing waffle. And he's got like, his contract's out at the end of the season, isn't it? He was he injured. Played on the weekend, he got man. injured. He he's got, played that the last few games of the waffle. Did he play waffle? He's. 
not playing because he is not good enough. And his contract runs out in like two weeks' time, and there's no talk of his. Mm. <laughs> well, they they did they put they didn't put omitted on the report, and he was injured, so he came back this week after an injury. That's what I'm rolling with. Is that is that story. true though? His um his his contract does run out at the end of this season, according to Fan Footy. According to Fan Footy, it does. Yeah, that's a concern. Long live with it and 25 touches in the VFL Anyways, this week, my boy. Uh, is that it, Dossie? Please resign. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, if you enjoyed the round rewind and appreciate the information we bring you each week, please consider supporting the show and becoming a member. Uh, if you do choose to sign up and support the show, we will give you our access to our premium resources on our website, which include weekly CBAs, kick-ins, scores for and against, projections, uh, the breakout tracker, and much, much more, especially the pod pod. So make sure you get around that. There's a link in the description below. Um, but yeah, each week we read out uh, some gold members' names. We're up to 15 now because we're trying to get through the last few over the last few rounds. So thank you to the following gold members. Um, Stephen Serples, Mitch, Mitchell Swan, um, Jared Dane, uh, Christian Deleaccio, Deleaccio. I can't. I'm sorry if I pronounce that wrong. Delawaka, Delawaka, Deleaccio. I don't know. Uh, Christian, <laughs> Bencho McSwain, uh, Jake Ashenden, Michael Monnery, Alex Rodge, Jonathan Fenton, Jonathan Ford, Patrick Laalia, Laalia, uh, Daniel Tomlins, Aaron Wilson, Robert Hatcher, and Nathan Jacques. And there's no trudge watch this week, guys, because there's no Carlton game in the VFL. So we've missed him trudge for a bit. So we'll have to get in contact with him soon and see how he's going. But uh, yeah. Anyways, let's move on to the listener questions. All right, first question of the week comes from Ranger J87. Hey, gents, got one for Doss as he is also an owner. What to do with Widow? Uh, Hearn is playing on next year and it breaks my heart to drop a 95 average defender to the pool, but I have to drop six and it's hard to make a case for someone on the fringe of the Eagles 22. I'm telling you, you're not even going to have to make the call. He won't be in the game next year. You won't be able to pick him into your side. Dossie? Incorrect. <laughs> Incorrect. He'll be he'll be in the squad. You can't drop a twenty what is he twenty three year old player that is going to rack up disposals. Nah, I, I think they I think they hold him, and if not, I think he'll find a way somewhere else. I'm obviously a big fan. I just can't. I couldn't do it. If so, that's my answer, Ranger. Um, I'm actually not an owner though. I, I'm, I think I owned boy. him in classic yeah. for a couple of weeks. So you're not yeah, dropping I'm just him. A fanboy, I love with I have. Nah, Sorry. I'd still keep, I think. It just depends it depends who else you like if you're keeping it's just his ceiling. Like he is a basically a top ten defender when he's actually on the yeah. field. So just in a league like um, ours where you keep sixteen, yeah, like you, every player playing and scoring is vital. Like you need to keep your best eighteen. It's like in a league like ours, it's I don't know, it kinda of makes it hard to hard case to keep if he's gonna be zeros for a lot of the time. So I think in our for example, like our league last year, Fiorini was on the waiver, like he was in the pool last year. Yeah, so, it's a good comp. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> it's like, a good comp. It's the same thing. Like, yes, he can score, but he can only score if he's playing. And, you know, these guys are on the outer for some particular reason. Like, it's a big risk. You just He's taking a donut for a lot of the season if it's the case. I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. it's tricky. I don't, let's just like, write it out and see what actually happens with the contract first and then go with the news stories in the offseason. Hopefully, you've got some time yeah. to lock in your yeah. keepers anyway. 
Yeah, that's it. You'd want yeah. a bit of time to find um, out. At Richie N ninety six thoughts on Bryn Tickle. I have Omac as my ruck. Not a fan, but we'll probably drop anyway. Um, I caught the first half. Look, nothing special. Ended up in eighty six. Rowan Marshall esque question mark. Maybe in the way he moves around the ground. I don't know, but um, I just not even sure he's the number one ruck. Like especially when Lysett comes back in. Like I'm not even sure if he's number two really. If they're just trying a few things because they didn't really get a good shot out of him the first time he played because he got injured so early in the game. So. Um, I think Lice is still going to be the main ruck going forward. So, yeah, probably not one for me. Well, it looks like he caught the same first half as you did, mate. You might have missed the good part. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Well, yeah, he wasn't on 86 when I was left for the gig, so that's for sure. (laughs) He's he's fair weather port supporters, does he? (laughs) Uh, Who's the member of their club here? The platinum member? And owns two platinum memberships? I'm a member of my club. Sorry, a platinum one? Own two of them? Pay $1,000 a year? Don't think so. Uh, yeah, well, that's just a you know, bad investment. <laughs> goes goes to every goes to every game. Doesn't yeah. watch the footy. Just has a chat with his mates. Well. Like, at least I'm at least I'm there. Uh, uh, Isaac underscore WF uh, with Taranto and Hopper linked uh, to moves away. Would a Josh Kelly Tom Green be a good buy low? I'm just going to say yes. To but those. they're not buying low, are they? Well, they've been buying lower than what they were at probably the start of the year. I wouldn't be selling Josh Kelly or Tom. If you can, sure. If you can, sure. Um, At David, five bunch of numbers afterwards. Um, Thoughts on Farah as a D6 option for finals, needing back cover with Hewitt's injury and no one else stepping up. Um, Look, Geelong's midfield is neutral for defenders, uh, especially um, general defenders. You think you class them as a general. But... um, yeah, that said, like that just means they generally get within their average, which is a 50. He think he averages like 55 or something like that. So I'm expecting like a score, maybe 60 max, if that's enough for you. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think Farrah can go big this weekend? I wouldn't want to put my house on it. I'd like to think there's easier options in yeah. Jai Farrah. But Hopefully there's something um, else out there. If he's all you got though, he'll get you a 60 maybe. Best case. Yeah, um, I'm not. I'd be shopping around. Uh, David's actually got another question here. He's got last keeper spot for next season, tossing up between Max Holmes, Saligo, or Dersmar. Who stays? Who goes? I'd go Holmes. Far out. I'd go Holmes too. Drop Saligo. Holmes, Saligo, and then Dersmar. That's the order. order. Yep. Agree. Yeah. Yep. Holmes Holmes for the the, um, quicker sort of hit as well like I think he's going to be the first break to break out. out but I always hate going against high draft picks which Saligo is a really high draft Saligo pick Saligo is probably going to be the better overall scorer I think like in his career and also he's got a pathway to go yeah. play guts like real quick I think when the first out I'd happily give up Dersma oh yeah I agree on that one um, Holmes first for at me, Major too, Van Bam um, what matchups should we be looking at for this weekend uh, team wave wire picks I've actually got the chart done up I'll put it out on Twitter later on in the week but for key defenders um, Carlton are very hard at the moment and so are West Coast whereas Greater Western Sydney Hawthorne North Melbourne St Kilda and Western Bulldogs are easy um, for medium defenders I guess avoid players sorry um, yeah avoid players against uh, Brisbane Essendon Port Adelaide Sydney and West Coast um, the easy ones are Adelaide, Hawthorne, Melbourne, North Melbourne, Richmond, and Western Bulldogs. Um, actually, I'm not going to read through the whole thing. Just keep an eye on my Twitter for the um, keep an eye on my Twitter later on on the weekend. I'll put the chart out. So I'm um, yeah at hef underscore kl. I feel like I'm crazy plugging my Twitter another there. plug. That's <laughs> two plugs today. I have not plugged my Twitter yeah. all year as, as much as Casey no, has. You're plugging your bloody. <laughs> your cu- it's back plug, to Hollywood season, man. Pokemon card game, and now this. That's yeah, that was that's just because I enjoy it. You know? Okay. 
if I if I enjoy something, I'll plug it. Um, last question of the night at Andrew Zanka. Uh, where is Heth driving his bus for his team's postseason trip after having his finals tilt at a flag derailed? Uh, I told you I've got a wagon. Um, I'm only taking four players away. Who are you taking? Uh, I'll take uh, I'll take Andrew Brayshaw. Obviously, mm-hmm. he can drive. Um, I'll take Jack Steele. Or maybe Tom Mitchell, just because I got him cheaply this year in a trade. And maybe Archie Perkins, just a good young kid to next, bring along. Next guy coming yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, coming up. And that's probably that's probably about it. We'll go away and we'll just kind of think about which players can stay next year, which can't. Have a bit of a laugh at um, Zach Fisher's childlike features. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's about it. Where are you going? Um, yeah, good question. We might just go to Brew Boys and have a few beers. Okay. It's not really much of a trip, but <laughs> yeah, just down the road. You just Uber it. <laughs> yeah, it's maybe. Great. Yeah, yeah, it's probably better. Probably get, get like one of those um, maxi cabs and um, get a few more players in, but we might just stretch our feet out a bit more and just, yeah, make it a bit roomier in there for us. Anyways, uh, let's wrap it up, I think. So um, get around us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok uh, at Keeper League Pod on all those platforms. Uh, support our sponsors um, when you support our sponsors you support us so head to manscaped.com and use Keeper20 to get 20% off and free shipping either treat yourself or treat your dad for Father's Day make sure you support the podcast by signing up as a member and if you're keen um, I'm doing a run in October uh, for Beyond Blue I'm doing the Melbourne Half Marathon so um, yeah oh, there's a link on my Twitter if you're keen to donate to that um, and yeah try to raise a bit of money for mental health and rumours if um, Paddy Dow scores under 70 this week Dossie's doing the marathon with you Ooh, that's a nice little bet there this body needs to be able to do one kilometre before you can't do a kilometre you can front up for a relegation battle for Kenilworth on the weekend yeah and probably probably go to the and probably go to the for the next 12 months as well absolutely Uh, (laughs) elite recovery from Dossie (laughs) as per usual anyways that's it for another week Uh, two podcasts to go for the year let's uh, fire through it and let's hopefully we can win some people some flags out there anyways heck yeah see you later especially Dossie bye